Hello, it's Thursday the 4th of January 2024. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and I'm 100% faithful, I swear. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we get up at the crack of dawn to shake up the British press, tear it to shreds, hurl the bits in the air and see where they land. We might rip elegantly through the day's news or we might have just made a giant mess. What'll it be today? Keep listening to find out. We're out every weekday to moisten your dry January. So why not subscribe? Never miss an episode unless, of course, you want to. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Darts Mageddon. Luke the Nuke doesn't win the darts, does win our hearts. Star-mageddon. Right-wingers freak out because the Labour leader might do something. Everyone else would be pleasantly surprised if he did. And Spa-mageddon. Hold back your tears as the Captain Tom Memorial Spa Complex faces destruction. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've already broken at least six of our resolutions and are probably going to break the rest this weekend. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and with me today is journalist, satirist and dry January wobbler Rob Hutton. Hi, Rob. Hello. And also, (laughs) oh dear, that sounded guilty. And also (laughs) joining us is comedian Finn Taylor, whose resolution was not to go on tour in 2024, but he blatantly will. Hi, Finn. Damn it. I booked so many dates. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we have on the front pages today, Rob? I've got The Guardian. Pressure on PM grows as striking doctors warn of further disruption and a photo of, is he 16-year-old Luke Littler? Um, yes, he is. He's on, We've he's seen on, the birth how, certificate. How, he's on. Stop it. How, Stop it. He's on, all, he's on all the front page. I think the Times has the best picture of him sort of clutching his head in a mental battle of darts I, I, I've gone I've gone I've gone over I've gone beyond my darts knowledge threshold um, well, it didn't take long that's, I, it, it, it all ended for me when Bullseye went off the air to be honest the Telegraph has got Johnson condemns Met's Gaza probe this is about the police uh, investigating whether the war crimes have been committed in Israel not a hot button topic there the iPaper Says Trump 2.0 is a threat to the UK, warned Britain's top diplomats, and a threat to sort of everywhere, really. But mm. um, And they redid that front page last night, didn't they? Because they originally had a big picture of Trump, and now they've put they've in a got, picture again of Luke Littler. Luke Littler, yep. And the uh, Times, halt attacks in Red Sea or else... UK tells rebels. I don't know what the else actually is. A little bit on <laughs> Starmer. Um, Get a uh, on you. <laughs> and uh, the important story in uh, my long-going vegan bashing campaign, plant-based food is no healthier than meat, say scientists. Plant-based fast food is no healthier. Oh, I mean, I think eating an apple Sorry, right, yes. Is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, vegans, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and Finn, what have we got on the tabloids? Well, as ever, I get all the fun ones. Yeah, they all lead with, with the darts, obviously, that, that being very much their uh, their vibe. The Mirror has a, has a great photo of, of Luke Littler in agony and the headline, Dart Breaker. Very strong. That's good, good, good headline. Um, the Sun, Luke on the bright side. Heartbreak and final, but Littler at 16, set for millions and a kebab. <laughs> Can you even buy a kebab at 16? Is that legal? I don't know what age you have to be to get a kebab. Um, the male, New Year mortgage price war boost for Tory hopes. Very male front page there. Yep. And then the star, God bless the star. I mean, just in the context of what's going on, the Epstein list is out, Luke Littler, mortgages. The star goes with, psycho chatbot rascals are killing planet Earth. Um, <laughs> Could you just 
explain to us what that story is about, perhaps? Just a... uh, I think it's very clear, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Huge amounts of Earth's precious water will be used up keeping psycho chatbots hard at work answering inane questions. So basically, the more stuff you feed into ChatGPT, the more rainforest you are destroying. I guess. Well, don't do that then. So the big story, as we've seen on all the papers today, is the triumph and tragedy of 16-year-old, yes, he is, leave him alone, darts sensation Luke Littler. Luke stormed through the rounds at the World Darts Championships, but last night, in a nail-biting finish, he lost to the world number one, Luke Humphreys. Um, did either of you watch it last night? No. no. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we do have a very exciting. Don't you know report. how you watch it. <laughs> Don't you have to be in like a pantomime horse costume? You do. Well, I mean, that, that is my favourite aspect of this: is the costumes. I think I might get into darts because you get to dress up. It turns out it so. looks so fun. It does look really fun, yeah. doesn't it? Are you yeah. not quite? What would you dress up as? Um, I don't know. Probably Luke Littler, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw those two guys dressed up as dartboards with their faces in the middle of the dart. That seems like an incredibly dangerous place to have your face. Sort of in a place where people are throwing sharp objects at things that look like dartboards, often after having a drink. I just think... You know, a bit like walking around with your face through a service station toilet wall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just asking for trouble. Anyway, this, this is obviously the thing to be covering. Not the bloody politics. So Mick Brown from The Telegraph writes about people dressed as uh, leprechauns, teddy bears, chickens, and a Dutch man who appeared to have come dressed as a baby. I think that that's definitely a sex thing. Yeah. I mean, I think they um, do that anyway. The, th- the thing to remember <laughs> is that nobody's come for the darts. Mark Hawks, who travelled from Leeds dressed in a suit that seemed to have been fabricated from sparklers, told me, if you want to watch the darts, you're better off staying at home watching on the telly. People have come for the crack. So neither of you came for the crack, but it does look really good. It's dry January. I'm just I mean, not, I'm not having anything. <laughs> no, no, my, crack. no crack. I'm doing my best to be off no the crack. crack. <laughs> but perhaps, who knows, next year might be Luke Littler's year, who will still be only 17. Stop trying to put it, he isn't. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> we do also have, on a more serious note, some breaking news that came in too late for the headlines, I think, although the Daily Mail has got it on page six. Uh, this is, of course, the story that some court documents from the investigation into late billionaire sex abuser Jeffrey Epstein have been made public. And there's a lot of buzz about this online and so on. But, Rob, I don't, have we learned anything new? I don't think I'm in there. No, no, Rob, to, to be clear. Week, Rob, <laughs> yes, well done to released. everyone who didn't have to check the papers this morning yeah. um, to make sure they weren't in there. Um, but there isn't. I, I think we've learned that, 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 that Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton and Michael Jackson and David Copperfield are, are all in there, and there may be perfectly innocent reasons why. Well, there are quite a lot of innocent names in this list, aren't there? Because obviously it also includes people who testify quite a lot of victims or yes, people who yeah. sort of quite innocently work there. So possibly no big revelations in this, but maybe a few people feeling a bit of discomfort this morning. Yeah, I mean, you know, and fine. I can I can live I can live with that. <laughs> that's, that's... Fair enough. <laughs> Now, there's been a fair bit of criticism of Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition, for not coming out with a retail offer for voters, not really saying much about what he'll do if he becomes prime minister this year. Starmer's ruled out various things, but he hasn't spent so much time talking about what he will rule in. There's a story on the front of The Times today, also covered at length in The Guardian, which makes it seem like he is maybe just starting to talk about the positives. Finn, what's he saying? Well, the story says that a source has said that today Keir Starmer might say that 
he will say something later. <laughs> so hold the front so, page. Huge news. He just says that the country's bad and he might make it good. That's literally all he's said he might say. And the only thing that we can actually grab hold of, as I can understand it, is the $28 billion towards the Green Energy Fund. He seems to be keeping his policy cards close to his chest, which I kind of think no one's had it in the bag for this long. And if he does anything, he might fuck it. So I kind of sympathise with his strategy because it just seems to be giving the Tories more and more rope to set themselves on fire. I mean, you're more of the in tune with what's going on than I am. Yeah, you don't use rope to set yourself on fire. Oh, um, it's a bit of a mixed no. well, you... well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> if the rope is attached to... If the rope were attached to a fire, yeah. I guess... And you're just moving it Yeah, and the rope had been soaked in petrol or something, then the fire would move Yeah, like on. a yeah. fuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> there you go, I, I think I, I actually think that the that Labour Labour has lots of policy. There's a good um, Rachel Sylvester column in the Times today saying Labour's got lots of policy, and you know it's just people sort of it's it, it's one of these things that people say, oh, they haven't got any policies, oh, you know, but people don't vote on policy. Is my this, mm. there's this idea, and actually Labour got captured by it in 2019. That oh well, if we offer people free broadband, people like free broadband. If we offer them free, yeah. free broadband, they'll vote for us. They don't actually. What they vote for is sorted the package. And Starmer's being vibe, quite, yeah, Vibes, yeah. yeah. And Starmer, I mean, we may feel that Starmer's vibe is not a tremendously exciting vibe, but on the other hand, he is you know quite a long way ahead in the polls so maybe mm. it's working and i think you're right they're at this kind of trying to carry a very precious vase across a very slippery yeah, yeah. floor stage of politics where just every step is taken with enormous caution especially when the other side are just a bin fire yeah and i mean of course they don't know the date yet for an election we do know it'll be this year well or or, or january oh actually no yeah well or or january next year well no sunak has said it'll be this year well, yeah, he said that to. I, I was in the room when he said it. He said it to a bunch of lobby journalists at drinks. I, if he goes late, I don't think that the major election thing will be. Hang on, you told a bunch of lobby journalists that, <laughs> at, at, at Christmas drinks that it was going to be in twenty twenty four. How can anyone trust you again? I don't know. I think it's a pretty fair point. At the same time, though, the prospect of Starmer saying or doing anything has produced a reaction from Richard Tice of the Reform Party, a bit like someone has poured salt on a slug. Rob, for your sins, you were there yesterday. <laughs> I was. At the Reform Press Conference. So what, what happened? What went down? Well, I'll tell you, the most important thing that, that is what didn't happen, which is that Nigel Farage didn't turn up. Mm. And, and Richard Tice is, is, is technically leader of the Reform Party, which used to be the Brexit Party, except that if you if you boringly go to Company's House and look, because the Reform Party is weirdly a company rather than... It's also a political party, but it's run as a company. The person who's in charge is Farage. Farage is the person who can dismiss any of the directors, including Tice. So Tice is leader in name only. And Farage isn't there, and Farage is their box office thing. So instead, what we got was Tice with... with um, I think it's what the young people call shitposting, ah. um, which is these sort of these these dank memes. Right. Of, um, <laughs> am I getting this right, Finn? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't at the conference. I'm, I'm <laughs> they've got, they've got pictures say. of pictures of Keir Starmer in front of some flaming things with the word Starmageddon underneath. No, that, that, is, and, quite, that is quite and, dank, to be fair. Yeah, and they've dank. got they they had a they had a picture of uh, Rishi Sunak and half of Rishi Sunak and half of uh, Keir Starmer. It was quite 
nicely photoshopped together, the, calling them a socialist twins or something like. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I definitely mean, how I think of them. Yeah. yeah, and so so there's there's no difference between them. What you need the platonic ideal of a populist party in Britain is basically stop the immigrants, save the NHS. Those are the things that mm-hmm. most of most most political scientists sort of think you ought to promise, and that's basically what the after all the uh, Brexit referendum promise was. It's quite a successful promise. It's interesting the Brexit Party is only doing the first of those, which is stop the immigrants. It's stop the immigrants and cut taxes, which is sort of targeted more directly. Richard Tice is quite a rich man. Nigel Farage is quite a rich man. Maybe neither of them uses the NHS. Mm. (laughs) It's entirely possible that they're mainly targeting themselves or they're targeting Tories or something. But they're promising stop all immigration and basically and cut public spending by 5%, which I have to say, if you're interested in saving the NHS... What hospitals don't need right now is a 5% budget cut. Just, you know. Are the Reform Party actually kind of, you know, much as they're sort of setting up Starmageddon and all this, they're actually kind of helping Starmer here, right? Because, entirely, entirely. I mean, wouldn't this just take a bite out of the Tory vote? Yeah, no, 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 no completely. They're polling on 10% and you've got to think that most of those are coming from the Tories. Mm. And if the Reform Party didn't exist, probably the Tories would be polling above 30. They'd still be behind, but they would be closer and more in the game. I, from Labour's point of view, the best thing that could happen is a is is a Farage return. I mean, my, I started to wonder, I have to say, sitting there, whether in fact this isn't all a sort of Farage game. It's entirely aimed at the Conservatives. That's why their, their policy promises, as I say, are basically things that Tory MPs think are good things rather mm. than necessarily things that these voters think are good things. Is this, in fact, just Farage trying to get something from Rishi Sunak? And could Rishi Sunak... If I were Rishi Sunak, I would be reaching out to people close to Farage and saying, would he accept a peerage? Oh, um, wow. It would be pretty unpopular uh, well, it with would, a lot of people. But, well, yeah, but pretty popular with other people. And quite popular what, with Farage. <laughs> quite popular with Farage, who is the only person, as I say, that matters in this. Because right. although Tice was saying, oh, no, no, we're definitely, we won't do what we did last time, which is stand everyone down, we, we won't go wibbly-wobbly, he said, we'll definitely go. And it's not up to Tice. If Farage, if Farage announces tomorrow that the party has been shut down and he's going to be, you know, Lord Farage of Kent, then that's it. The the game's over. And even if they tried to start up again, whatever weird malevolent thing he's got, he has got some kind of weird malevolent box office. Yeah, I, I mean, you I know, mean, never he's lost seven or eight elections. Yeah, yeah, but he's, and, but he, but he, and I'm a celebrity. For all of that, he's it's not it's not mass. You know, it's not going to win. 50% of the vote star power, but it, it does very reliably pick up that 10% of the vote. And I think if he were campaigning, you know, maybe they can get it up to 15%, which is terrible for the Tories. What about the theories that he's going to become Tory leader? Like, talk me through how that actually... You heard these theories that that's, that's what's going to be Basi- in like five years. That's Yeah, well, that's, his, that's something he said. And again, this is, this is in this weird section of the sort of the, the GB News, Daily Telegraph sort of area of the the metaverse. The idea is that Nigel Farage is wildly popular and he is the man who can save the Conservative Party and so he does a sort of reverse takeover. That's why if he really thought that, you wouldn't accept a peerage because you couldn't do that from the Lords. You'd have to be allowed into the Conservative Party and then be selected as an MP. And that's, a you know, while certainly while, while they're under current management, that's quite a hard... He, he was an I'm a celeb uh, slating the House of Lords and saying he'd never he'd never join it. Oh, well, in that case, he definitely wouldn't. Uh, because the one thing about Nigel Farage is you can, you can trust yeah. him. 
Now, at Paper Cuts, we keenly follow the exploits of Captain Tom Moore's daughter, Hannah Ingram Moore. Finn, there's been a development. What's the latest? Well, tragedy strikes again for the <laughs> Captain Tom Foundation. The whole scandal has been about this building that's on their um, on their on the grounds of her home. It's meant to be where the offices for the foundation are sort of registered. She decided to build an office spa. We've all been right. there. Um, I'd like one too. And anyway, it's been uh, it was ruled as um, illegal, and she had three months to appeal. She didn't. The spa is now being demolished. The Captain Tom Memorial Spa is being. De- what have these people no mercy? What next? The Diana Fountain? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this country needs its heroes imbued with some kind of aquatic form. Is this, for is this what memory? he stormed the beaches of Normandy for? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he didn't. I want, no. I want to sit. Yeah, storms a bit. I mean, he had a Zimmer yeah. frame. For is this sake, what but... he led the Dambusters raid yeah. for? Yeah. I want to sit in a jacuzzi and think about veterans. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and this, the establishment is stopping me again. So basically, this is a planning permission snafu. She had permission, it says, for an L-shaped building, but she built a C-shaped building, that's like an extra bit, with a swimming pool in it and a spa. And that's the bit she's been told she's got to take down. Can she move the spa into a different shape? I mean, I suppose (laughs) there are other letters available (laughs) from the alphabet. What sort of letter would you build a spa in? I mean, an F, I think. (laughs) Uh. That's quite exciting. (laughs) I think maybe a Q. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, um, so everyone, if you could please just have a millisecond of silence for the Captain Tom Memorial Spa, which is now very sad. May it rest in peace. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we don't even bother reading a story unless there's a strained and incomprehensible pun at the top. Headlines, we love them. What have we got today, Rob? Uh, I'm in the sun. I'm going first to page 19 of Bizarre, where they've got a very exciting story about Noel and Liam Gallagher, ah. uh, 90s pop sensations. Those cheeky chappies. Um, who uh, who have, have set up rival supergroups. And the headline is Wonder Brawl. Oh, those brothers always you ask see, each other's next. It's a pun on, on Wonder Wall. Wonder Wall, yes. Brawling, right? Brawl, very I, good. But just beat this story is um, page five of the Sun, which is somebody's done a survey of which British cities are best for what they call outdoor romps. Ah, romps. Um, romps Alfresco is that word. shagging. Like only the Sun uses that word. Romps, it, yeah, it's they? a great word. Romp. The exciting news is that it's sin up north as they begin because oh. the winning city you can tell from the headline Manky Panky oh famous Manchester rain could be an aphrodisiac it is a UK's top city for outdoor romps just ahead of Glasgow Norwich I, I, I mean Norwich yeah. Norwich I, yeah. <laughs> it has to be your cousin in Norwich I think Newcastle <laughs> Edinburgh London Cardiff Birmingham and Sheffield behind on just six percent of Sheffield residents shag outdoors apparently I don't I don't it's know quite, quite what the percentage is God will there ever be a good news day again <laughs> and Finn you've got the star I've what got the we star got? so well first up is the uh, harrowing story that we need to wash our belly buttons wash your innies or end up in hospital apparently uh, what's lying deep beneath that fluff you take out is, quote, tons of debris. Oh, tons. Tons. This is a TikTok doctor, so who knows. Okay. But, um, 
uh, smelly buttons is the headline. Oh, oh smelly yeah. buttons. Oh, um, gross. Next up is a story about how a company from Gloucestershire, it's always Gloucestershire, has <laughs> um, come up with a, quote, cleaner way to fly by using jet fuel made entirely from human shit. Oh. The uh, headline, it's plop gun. Oh. <laughs> strong. Very strong. Very good. But um, my favourite story of the day is... Um, <laughs> A man is suing his doctor after a botched penis enlargement operation left him with a smaller willy. It's the one thing we didn't want to happen. (laughs) Oh, no. And the uh, headline is Bodge Knob. (laughs) Um, Which is actually my drag name. let's dig through the well-set crust to the snow-melting warm centre of the papers. Feast yourself silly on the features sections. Female, that's the woman bit of the Daily Mail, has a wonderful story from Antonia Hoyle who says it's time to forget mindfulness and embrace instead a new trend to find your inner peace. Finn, can you tell me more about this? Yes, therapy's out, destruction is in. Um, (laughs) Finally, I am am on the pulse. (laughs) My mental health strategies are finally popular. Yeah, there are these things that have come up. Uh, they started in the States and they're now popping up in uh, in, in the UK called Rage Rooms. Mm. And they're protracting a predominantly female clientele. The rooms are basically filled with household objects, some of which you can bring along yourself and you get given 30 minutes to just smash shit up. The article sort of in, uh, implies or, or argues that the reason this is predominantly a, a female pursuit is that it's a safe space for anger and that men obviously don't feel they need that. Um, they just smashed. They up. just smashed stuff just up everywhere. Um, but I've actually, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't therapy thing. When I, I used to work, I used to do grounds at a big private school and it was a summer job. And there was a boathouse, big rowing school. And one day, me and this guy who we called Biscuits because he ate a lot of biscuits. He, um, <laughs> we got tasked with demolishing the old boathouse. And this is, I mean, this is like pre-health and safety. We were just given power tools as 16-year-olds <laughs> and just sent to a, just told to just smash the shit out of it. And it was the best week of my life. It was so <laughs> incredible. I think it should be like, you know how they have programs to keep kids off the streets and away from knives? I think smashing stuff up is so good for you. Mm. I mean, let's not think about the environmental implications, but um, God, it felt good. <laughs> Rob, are you a, are you a smasher? I, I I chop wood. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to smash. <laughs> um, I think this is amazing. So I, I I it's the people bringing in bringing in their own things. Antonia herself has brought in a dehumidifier that broke and drove her up the wall. But tragically, we've seen a lot of cups with number one fiance. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a, a story behind that. I think mm. that we. Can... Oh dear. But also, the number one fiance implies the remorse. Yes. <laughs> The, the real tragedy is the woman who brought in one thing, number five, fiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, Tony Hall begins this piece by saying, like most of us, I have plenty of stress to deal with in the last year. The cost of living crisis and increasingly toxic culture wars have put us collectively on edge. I mean, she's writing in the Daily Mail. You know, if the culture wars are putting you on edge, perhaps try another job? Mm. Yeah. Get your news from paper cuts. Finn, now we've got a story. I think this might be my favourite story of the day. A 13-year-old boy from Oklahoma is the first known person to win Tetris. What does that mean? Well, 
Girls will be finally interested in him. Um, <laughs> this is Willis Gibson, who practices Tetris for six hours a day, which is 12 times more than Luke Littler practices darts. Um, so he was streaming himself playing the game, and 1,511 lines into the game, uh, the game crashed, which is not supposed to happen. It's supposed to be basically, you, it's, it can never, never end. But 38 minutes into playing, uh, he basically beat it. And uh, it, when it crashed, he was so overjoyed that he started hyperventilating and saying, I can't feel my fingers. Um, <laughs> and on a serious note, he dedicated the victory to his father who died shortly before. And yeah, it was actually it was actually very useful because when they were lowering the casket in, it was quite a crowded graveyard and they managed to just feed it through in an L shape. So it's quite a transferable skill at times. <laughs> That's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Rob Hutton. Thank you. And thanks to Finn Taylor. Thank you. And all the cool kids join us in the Paper Cuts Supporters Club. Just three quid a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your hands on some sexy-ass Paper Cuts t-shirts and mugs. I'm not sure actually how sexy the mug is, to be completely honest, but if you put tea in it, it will be hot. Head over to back.papercutsshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when London Zoo has commenced their annual stock take to count all the animals. I imagine they went in two by two. Hurrah, hurrah. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Finn Taylor and Rob Husson. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright and audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.